all the hand signals today. Now can you guys hear me? Do you want me to start over? No, just kidding. I have a quiet voice. Did you know that? Yeah, my whisper, soft, sweet voice. That is not funny. No, just kidding. Um, but glad to be here with you this morning. Thank you, Dave Kimson, for last week. Um, as we got into chapter 9, we're actually go going to complete chapter 9 today. Um, but last week, Dave laid out uh, this, this miracle of the blind man being healed, his physical blindness, allowing him to see and allowing him to see light. Uh, but we're going to see through the rest of chapter 9 how there's so much more to this story, so much more to his story. Um, and what's going to happen with, with his life that he's not just going to see light and some colors, some great amazing things that God has created, but he is going to see his Savior. Um, he is going to see true life and true light. So turn with me to John chapter 9. We're going to read 13 all the way to 41. So be ready. You guys get to sit down and read. I get to, to, to or yeah, I get to talk out loud. Um, if I can get there. All right, John chapter 9, verses 13 to 41. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Isn't that really messed up when they go to mom and dad? Hey, I don't believe your kid, but let's go check with mom and dad. Uh, so they asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he is to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, go ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner or I do not know, one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? 
He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So we have this man whose life utterly changed. I mean, to be born blind, to have no uh, concept of images and colors and light. Uh, what an amazing change in this man's life. All right, he's got a story to tell till the, to, till the day he dies um, of this amazing life change that has occurred to him. And there was such a change in him, even his countenance changed. Because if you notice, and in, in back up to a few verses from last week, his neighbors were like, wait, is that really Bob? You know, I, Bob's not really his name, I just made that up. You know, that, that can't be Bob. You know, Bob is blind, and others are like, no, that's Bob. I recognize him. But, and, and there was his countenance changed so much that, that some didn't recognize who he was. They might have passed him for all these years um, as he sat there blind. Uh, but something about him changed. His whole life changed. And isn't that an amazing testimony when we encounter Jesus? That our life changes. Our countenance should change. Um, so this amazing testimony, this amazing story that this man has with his encounter with Jesus, uh, that he was healed. And starting in 13, it obviously wasn't good enough wasn't good enough for the religious leaders, some of his neighbors, because they were like, look, let's take Bob to, <laughs> I'm going to be stuck calling him Bob the whole time. I didn't do this at 830. We're going to take Bob to the Pharisees and really figure out what's going on, which, by the way, is really messed up. Is it not? Here, this, his life has changed, and they are worried about, well, what caused it? Where is this Jesus guy that you said did it? Um, and so they take him to the Pharisees, and... Of course, they're not focusing on what's happened. They're focusing on the broken law because they know what happened on the Sabbath. And what did the Pharisees say for the first time? They weren't in awe of this miracle. They were like, you mean to tell us that this guy did it on the Sabbath day when no one's supposed to work? How dare he, right? If I'm outside looking at this, I'm like, what, what is going on? You know, how are we not celebrating with Bob? but we're concerned about what Jesus did on the Sabbath. Uh, and by the way, Jesus didn't break the commandment of keeping the Sabbath. It were all these rules of the Sabbath that the Pharisees had made that God had not intended. Uh, according to rabbinic law, if someone was sick, you couldn't do anything. Okay, you got the sniffles, suck it up until the next day. Uh, now, if you're, I'm dying or someone's dying, you can kind of sustain life, you know, until the next day. But you weren't supposed to heal anyone. So Jesus already violated that. Uh, and then the, the working with his hands and the dirt uh, and the saliva to make the mud, that was in violation, doing work on the Sabbath. Um, just ridiculous, these, these, the hang-ups that the Pharisees had with what Jesus did. Uh, and then verse 17, they finally asked the man what he thinks. So still trying to process, imagine Bob is really hilarious about it so imagine bob like his life has changed and now there's all this 
activity going on and a lot of attention, and, and he's got to answer to the Pharisees about what happened. So he tells them the story, and they were like, well, who, who is this? Uh, and now he's kind of figuring out, and I want us to see throughout this whole time, this progress of his faith. Because to, to the neighbors, he's, he said, yeah, the man Jesus, I'm sure stories were swirling around. Uh, but now he's like, you know what, this guy, he's got to be from God. So he calls him a prophet. Um, so Bob's kind of picking up a little bit more on, on who Jesus is. Uh, this still didn't sit well with the Pharisees, uh, who were already suspicious of Jesus. So they were like, you know what, Bob? Thanks for the story. We're going to go talk to mom and dad, which had to have been so annoying. Um, so they go to mom and dad and say, is this your son? What happened to him? Uh, now, mom and dad know what's going on. Uh, they are aware of uh, the, this agreement that if anyone should confess that Jesus is, to be, is Christ, that they are to be put out of the synagogue. Because don't tell me Bob didn't run to mom and dad as one of the first set of people to say, I can see. I'm not blind anymore. So mom and dad know what happened. Um, and I'm sure Bob told them that it was Jesus. Uh, but they're being super cautious. Pharisees are like, what happened? Who did this? And they were like, look, we don't know. Yes, he was born blind. He's not blind anymore. Uh, but we don't know what happened. So they gave him nothing. So the Pharisees go on. Uh, and at this point, it's like, just leave it alone. Uh, I want to, you know, tell these Pharisees, but they don't. They don't get it. They don't see it, literally or spiritually. Uh, what is going on here? So in verse 24, they call the formerly blind man again, and then, now they're really putting a pressure on. They're leaning in. Uh, the, the phrase, give glory to God, is not just this worship phrase. It really was like when you are swearing into the courtroom, uh, place your hand on the Bible. It's tell the truth. Uh, tell the truth. We know that this man is a sinner. Um, now, again, this isn't fair to Bob because he has never met Jesus. Uh, he's been stuck sitting wherever he was sitting uh, as a blind man. How would he know? But he does know one thing. Because look at verse 25. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. My life has changed. I can see. He didn't know where Jesus was when his neighbors asked him. He didn't know much about Jesus uh, when Jesus healed him. Although, although that he soon realized that, that Jesus is from God, he didn't know enough to comment on the theological debate about whether Jesus was a sinner or not uh, because he had broken a Sabbath. But there was one thing he knew for certain, that he was blind once, and now he can see. And then verse 26 through 29, they ask him again, like, what's happening? Hoping, in the, hoping to corner him in a lie. We've all seen this, right, on TV uh, all the, the law, uh, courtroom shows, the movies, you just keep pressuring them. Same questions over and over and over. They're going to break, right? They're going to confess something. So here the Pharisees are uh, attacking Bob, like, look, what's going on? Bob's finally fed up. And he's like, seriously? This is what you are trying to, to figure out with me? You know what? You guys are asking so much about Jesus. Sounds like you want to be one of his disciples. And that, they're like, nope, no, that's not what we're doing. You know, you can be a disciple of Jesus. We're going to be disciples of Moses. Have you guys ever seen an exchange of a bunch of yo mama jokes? 
you know, I'm going to one-up you with cutting you down. And so here's the, the Pharisees and, and the, the form, Bob going back and forth. And Bob finally is like, look, this is an amazing thing. How in the world are you even having an issue with this? And by the way, to be called a disciple of Christ was the most amazing compliment that Bob ever, ever would receive in his life. Uh, so this back and forth is going on. Um, and so now we have the, the, the man who is blind defending Jesus at great risk. Okay, he's moved from just realizing that, hey, this is that Jesus guy people are talking about, to Jesus as a prophet, to now I'm going to defend him in front of these religious leaders, knowing full well that if I proclaim to be a disciple of Christ, I'm going to be um, shut out from uh, this religious society. Uh, so at great risk, he says, this is an amazing thing. No one has ever been healed like I've been healed. I've told you a hundred times that it was Jesus. Uh, is, he's the one who healed me. And you're telling me that you don't know where this man comes from. It's obvious he comes from God. And then he goes in and is like preaching to the Pharisees. God doesn't listen to sinners. God obviously healed me via Jesus. So Jesus has to have come from God. So he's just laying it all out to the Pharisees. Um, Jesus is sent from heaven. He is God. How do you think they responded? Do you think they heard this sermon, this preaching from, from Bob about who Jesus is? And were like, you know what? I think you're right. I want to be a disciple of Christ also. No. <laughs> they, they are still blind. Absolutely blind. And they were like, no. And they attack him verbally to say look you are absolutely wrong they go back to uh the story or not the story but the, the status that everyone thought he had because remember he was blind and people thought because of the sin in his life because of the sin of his parents said what did they say you were born in utter sin and would you teach us and they cast him out so now he had this life that was very restricted in his blindness he is given sight this whole new leash, leash on life, uh, lease on life, to have this amazing opportunity to live with among friends and family, and now he has been ousted. They cast him out. Um, and think about this. The, the religious leaders throw him out, which mom and dad were worried about, but then what happens? Uh, when the Pharisees throw this guy out, who comes to find him? The Savior. Jesus. Jesus seeks him out. He knows that this man, what has happened to this man, and it is Jesus that pursues the ma this man that was once blind, now can see, but there's so much more that needs to happen for this man. Not just physical healing, but a spiritual healing. And Jesus seeks him and finds him. By the way, the next chapter, which we'll get to, chapter 10 in a couple of weeks, uh, no accident that it is about Jesus the shepherd who gathers the sheep. In this beautiful picture of Christ pursuing this man. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said in verse 35, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. So this man who had nothing, this man... Uh, who lost everything even now 
And here's Jesus, who has given him physical sight, has come to remove the blinders not only on his eyes, but his heart, for him to be able to see Jesus for who he is, for him, for him to experience uh, the Father. And this man sees this truth and does the only appropriate thing, someone whose life has utterly been changed by Jesus. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And he worships his God. Here is the Messiah that he just falls face down to worship him. And this means so much more when he says, I once was blind and now I can see. Uh, because it's so much deeper than that. His whole life has changed. His eternity has changed. Not only does this man see the man who heals his eyes, he now sees his Savior who saves his soul. Um, what an amazing moment of worship. In this progress of his faith, from recognizing Jesus as this man people have been talking about, to a prophet, to defending him at a huge risk, to falling down and worshiping his Savior. Um, what a beautiful testimony that this man has. <clears throat> and an amazing testimony in this amazing moment of worship. And in this testimony, here's this former blind man that told every single person, I get, if, if the salvation part hadn't happened, Bob's got this story the rest of his life of the physical healing. But now the miraculous, beautiful gift of salvation has happened in his life. So he's got a cool hook to his story. Hey, you know what? I was blind once, uh, and some guy came and healed me. By the way, that same guy is my Lord and Savior, and he has given me eternal life. So now Bob's got this amazing opportunity, this amazing testimony uh, to share with everyone around him because his entire life has changed. Do you know that we have the same testimony? We have the same story. We may not have been physically blind, but we have dealt with whatever situations in our life. We have dealt with whatever circumstances, wherever situate, whatever places we've grown up, whatever choices we've made, whatever. Christ Jesus has come and brought us out of those situations and into a relationship with him and into a saving knowledge of Christ as Lord and Savior. We don't always have to have the right words to say. We don't always have to have these, the right answers. Uh, and all these theological questions, kids are like, Pastor Randy, I've got, yeah, okay, this testimony, but I don't know how to share this. Either did he. Um, but as a new believer, we didn't know much. Uh, we had a lot to learn. And we didn't understand the true sovereignty of God. We didn't understand Christ as fully man and fully God. We couldn't understand explain the Holy Spirit, but we know one thing. We were once blind, and now we can see. That is our testimony. And here is this, this opportunity that we have, the same amazing testimony that we have, the greatness of the saving shed blood of Christ Jesus on the cross, for him to rise again, to conquer sin and death, for us to have him as our Lord and Savior. We have an amazing testimony. And it doesn't have to be the right, beautiful uh, presentation of the gospel. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And I'll read this to you. It's, it's the simple fact of our forgiveness. It is a simple fact of the amazing grace and mercy given to us by Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5. 
says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you, among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Um, here is the, this position that we have that we don't have to know the ins and outs and the, all the, the deep, uh, amazing knowledge of God. We just have to know one thing, that we were lost, we were dead in our sin, we were blind, and Christ Jesus gave us life. Christ Jesus allowed us to see uh, and, and to see him as our Lord and Savior. And there should be such a change in our life that should cause our countenance to be different. There should be something different about us from the outside and the inside that people notice something different about us because Christ Jesus has radically changed our lives. And so here's this amazing testimony that Bob has and this man. Here is our amazing testimony. And guess what? It affects our worship. Because what does he do? He says in verse 38, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And this word for worship means to fall prostrate before someone's feet in reverence and in awe. A full surrender. Not only of your heart and your mind and your soul, it is a full surrender physically. He was healed physically and even in this physical position. You were laying on the ground. There were, you were just utterly surrendering your entire life to the Savior. And that is this act of worship that this man gave. Um, if the eyes of our heart have been opened to the truth of the gospel, then our only response is in worship. Um, and this man's testimony, looking at it, look at the life he had before when he was blind. He gets healed, life changes, life's looking great, uh, and then he's in defense of Christ uh, to the Pharisees, and now he's cast out from this religious society. Um, but when he sees Jesus face to face, he responds in worship and awe. Uh, no matter what his life circumstances were, no matter the situation he's currently in, he is going to worship Christ and Christ alone. And this is our case. We have suffered something worse than any kind of physical ailment. We are dead in our sins. We have nowhere to go but in eternity in hell. But because of Christ Jesus, we have life and have life abundantly. But <clears throat> we were dead in our trespasses and sin, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. That is our testimony. That is our worship. And how does that affect our worship? How does that affect our testimony? And by the way, this, this moment of worship didn't happen in a synagogue. Um, because we need to remember that our salvation, our worship, is a relationship with our Savior. Jesus pursued him. It is a personal relationship. Um, it's not about religion. Um, we are always so glad that you're here. And we, we checked our mark off for the week of worship. But guess what? It doesn't stop when we leave this building. Our act of worship, our, our mindset of 
thinking of all things Christ and following the will of God happens everywhere we go. And that's, that's a challenge to myself of, of making sure that my testimony is lived out each and every day and that my worship is lived out each and every day. And so here we are. We began with the story of a blind man who was healed so that he saw both physically and spiritually. We end with religious rulers who are terribly, tragically blind, yet who thought they could see. They said they could see, but they were blind because they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and their, and their sin remains. And we have a choice. If, if there has been a chance or, or you have lived out this life without truly knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, tr without truly having your eyes open to who he is as the Son of God, as God, as our Savior, and you have questions or you're not sure, I pray that the Holy Spirit pierces your heart with his truth right now. And I pray that you come forward during invitation or speak to me at some point or, or speak to any of us about what it means to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, because we have an amazing testimony, an amazing life to live for his glory, uh, for our worship to be like no other, uh, not only here in these pews, but as we leave this place, uh, because of all that Christ has done for us. We're going to go into invitation in a moment, following with Lord's Supper. And what a great time uh, to just sit, to reflect, uh, to open our hearts to what the Holy Spirit has for us to hear from the Father during this time in our thankfulness to all that Christ did, uh, our saving, uh, the shed blood covering our sins for our full forgiveness absolutely saturated in mercy and grace. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this time this morning that we have been able to see this testimony, um, this amazing story of this man who had an encounter with Jesus, uh, whose life physically changed and whose life uh, for eternity changed uh, because of the amazing saving grace, uh, the amazing uh, light and life that was given to him uh, by Christ Jesus. And I pray for all of us this morning uh, that we never take that for granted. We are always in a mindset of worship. Uh, but Father, also anyone who does not fully understand what this means to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus as Savior. Thank you for our time this morning. May you be glorified in every moment of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs>